Welcome to the five of us. We are five outspoken women with close to 150 years of experience as broadcast journalists. We left our jobs on the very same day and we are dedicated to helping women avoid the many pitfalls common to the workplace. We've heard from hundreds of people recounting tales of woe on the job, and we have done the research, we're putting it all in a book, and we are here to help. I'm Roma Tori, and along with Kristen Shaughnessy, Janine Ramirez, Vivian Lee, and Amanda Farinacci, we are the five of us. Hi, everyone. For a very long time, cases involving sexual assault, sexual abuse, harassment, and discrimination cases ended or are ending with uh, a settlement. And that monetary settlement usually requires the complainant to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which is known as an NDA. But the big problem with NDAs is that the, the bad behavior that prompted the lawsuit in the first place gets covered up. And the complainant is not allowed to discuss the case at all. And it, it could be for a set period of time, or it could be for the rest of their lives in perpetuity, as they say in legal circles. So it amounts basically to paying the victims to shut up and the bad behavior is allowed to continue without anybody calling it out. Well, uh, that continued until the Me Too movement came along and things started to change. Now, a lot of people would say it didn't change enough, but what we're finding is that some already 16 states have laws on the book restricting uh, restricting their NDAs to a varying degree, some uh, obviously more than others. And we're gonna get into that in a minute. Uh, but uh, New York and New Jersey are two uh, of the states that have enacted laws pertaining to uh, restricting NDAs. So we're gonna discuss the very latest developments on what's happening in the world of NDAs. But first, um, despite all the positive movements, uh, when, uh, and I, you know, I have to say, it's oftentimes it's a woman who has been complaining about discrimination, whether it's ageism, sexism, or uh, some kind of sexual misconduct. Um, they often feel railroaded to signing these, these uh, NDAs because maybe they're rushed by their lawyers or they just, um, they don't understand what they're doing. And there's a lot of money that's dangling in their faces and uh, they, they wanna cash out or they need the money desperately. So they end up signing these things and then perhaps they regret it. Or maybe they don't realize, you know, the, the extent of the commitment to these uh, non-disclosure agreements. So I wanna start with you, Kristen, and talk about sort of the emotional impact of what it means to sign an NDA for so many women who later uh, come to regret it. Well, that was not the original intent of NDAs. That's the first problem with uh, these NDAs that ban you from talking about toxic behavior that went on in a company. So they were originally designed to protect proprietary information. And of course that is completely accurate and acceptable and necessary. But when you're just shielding people's bad behavior, it takes on a whole different tone and that's sort of become the norm. And as you said, you know, there's a waiting period that people, once they sign an NDA, they have a waiting bit of a waiting period in some states where they can decide that they don't want to sign that NDA. The problem is that waiting period isn't that long. And people are usually under one of the more stressful moments of their lives at that point. They, they're not thinking about what does this mean for, you know, 
X amount of years or the rest of their lives, because there may not even be a sunset clause, which is an end date for an NDA. So all of that taken into account, I don't understand why you shut people up when they're brave enough to speak out, except that you just want to perpetuate or hide the bad behavior. So I think, you know, I understand it. These are corporations that are fighting to have these NDAs. And obviously they don't want incidents like these to come out in public or be continually brought out in public. But the problem is you have to have politicians who put these new bans into law. And sometimes they're taking campaign contributions from these corporations. So it's sort of a catch 22. Um, I think it should be like the NFL, the challenge calls. Like if you're telling the truth about something that happened and you can prove it, then you get your challenge back, right? So you shouldn't have to sign an NDA is my point. In New Jersey, they did ban NDAs and they did this uh, largely because of the work of Julie Roginsky, who is a co-founder of Lift Our Voices. And also she was a democratic strategist and she was a person who ran uh, Governor Murphy's first campaign for governor. She was really, um, you know, high up in the circle. She was very high up. And then when she reported abuses that were happening within the campaign, she was fired. And she had this NDA dangled over her. And at some point she just said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be shut up because I spoke out and told the truth. And she fought and she got them uh, banned in New Jersey for like, if there's toxic behavior in a workplace, you can't have an NDA anymore. So there are other states who are doing it. I think every state should do this. And I don't know why every politician, it just seems pretty easy to me. Um, I don't know why we're trying to shield bad behavior. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing you pointed out was this waiting period. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that the, in the New York law, there's a 21 day waiting period. But one thing that seems unfair about that is that at any point during that period, the employer could revoke the offer. Um, so that, I, I think, well, we'll get into the New York law in a minute, but uh, I, I think that is a glitch in the law that, uh, that favors the employer over the over the complainant. Um, Amanda, I want to get to you because we we uh, we mentioned the the situation with Julie, and there's a, another case that has come to the fore that um, a lot of people know about now because it involves Andrea Shapiro Davis, who uh, works uh, in the mayor's office. And uh, a long time ago, she had to sign an NDA, and she bitterly regretted it, and she took some action, didn't she? Yeah, so she has, she, first of all, she's she's wonderful. She's like a real light, I think, um, and really a model for um, women to look at her and see how she's overcome, right? Like, um, she is a lawyer. Uh, I think it's we're nearing like 30 years ago. She was working for a small law practice, small-ish law practice in Manhattan, and she was sexually assaulted, like pretty badly, like, or I should say harassed. Um, really uh, blatant and egregious comments. The guy would say, to her like oh I'm gonna pour a water a glass of water over you and we're gonna have a wet t-shirt contest in the middle of her office um, she made the complaints she brought a case finally um, other women in the office I think um, if I have the story right other women knew but didn't 
felt a little badly about coming forward. She actually went the distance, winds up getting some kind of settlement, but also signs an NDA. And um, she it didn't really sit right with her for a very long time. Um, and then right around the time the Me Too movement came, she felt compelled to action um, and you know took a look at what was happening nationally in the conversation with people who were um, speaking out about instances of bad sexual behavior and what could be done. And I think that um, the fact that she had the legal background and 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 that she was, she is a woman who is very assertive and very, um, you know, outspoken in all the right ways. I uh, thought this is the time I need to say something, and so she had to make the difficult decision where uh, she said, you know, because she's in New York, she didn't have a sunset clause on her NDA, and um, technically she is supposed to be never speaking about this in perpetuity. Uh, she had some uh, conversation with her lawyer and said, look, this is what I want to do. She winds up publishing an op-ed in the Huffington Post explaining some of the uh, issues Kristen mentioned why we should get rid of these things um, and her stance is pretty clear right like these agreements especially for sexual assault and her sexual harassment victims are simply really um, designed to protect the employer and so you know I said to her well what are you uh, were you weren't you nervous that they would come after you and she said quite frankly I don't give a shit number one and you know 30 years later but also at the, at this point the company if they had gone after her it would have done more damage to their brand, right? Like, um, meaning it, it was more, it would be more of a risk at this point for a company to go after a woman who was very blatantly, you know, she'd won the case and all of the things about it. So, um, but it's never that, it's not always that easy. You know, she she took a long time because I think what what's really missing about this, and Kristen, you touched, this about, touched on this a little bit, is the emotional and mental weight of having an NDA is really, really, really heavy. Like, you know, people have described um, feeling like, I don't know what I can say. I don't know how I can talk about this. I don't know how I can help me process what I've gone through because I know technically I'm not allowed to say anything. And that's a pretty heavy burden. I think one that is is not talked about enough in the conversation of, of cause people think like, oh, you want to have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you want to take, you want to have an NDA, you don't want an NDA. You want to be able to bash the company that did you dirty and you want to collect a paycheck like it doesn't work like that. But it, it really should, because talking about these things are part of the healing process of the trauma you've experienced when you've been in that. So um, anyway, Andrea is a really good example of a person who I think um, is we're probably going to see more people like her coming up because I, I, as you, I think you'll, you'll get to Roma. Like we're, we're seeing a, a little bit of a shift. Right. Mm -hmm. As we, we. Yeah. Yeah. Things are loosening up. But let me ask you. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the one problem for women who sign NDAs is that even though they they feel like they've been shut up and, and it really festers within them, they know that if they do speak out and, and breach the NDA, they're going to forfeit the settlement money. Did that happen to Andrea? Did no, because, no, no. And that that was a risk that she her she and her attorney weighed. Uh, he told her, look. I wouldn't ever tell you to do this, but if you do it, I can tell you that your risk is X, Y, Z. And I think that she thought the odds were more in her favor and she just was like, screw it, I'm doing it. And she took the risk came back. Yeah, she took a chance. But again, I think if her if the company that she worked for because because so much time had passed and I think if I remember correctly, I think the the guy that was involved went on to there were some other issues I think with him afterward. I think it just would have brought more more um unwanted attention on the firm. Yeah, at this lot. point, right? I mean, she also has the advantage of having three decades of, of time, right? Like some people want to talk tomorrow. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was a law firm, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, Janine, let me let me ask you, uh, because these uh, these laws restricting the use of, of NDAs is all is has gone all the way up to the federal level. And a lot of people were really happy to see that Joe Biden just this past December signed the Speak Out Act. Um, and it's limited, of course, but it, it it does go a lot further than we've ever seen before, although the, the caveat is it only pertains to sexual um, misconduct cases, right? And as you said, the shift with the Me Too movement got it to this level. And it was the House, there was a House bill first, and it passed the Judiciary Committee on July 13th, but it never received a rule or floor vote at the time. And then it got shifted over to the to the Senate. And then the companion bill there passed. And then it went back to the House. And on November 16th, the House finally passed it as well with the Senate. Um, and, you know, some New York congressional leaders here um, are part of that movement, including uh, Congresswoman Nidia Velasquez. And uh, so that was voted on November 16th by the House, sent to Joe Biden's office, and that was signed on December 7th, uh, 2022, with the Speak Out Act. And what's very interesting about that is part of it, as I read it, was um, Congress finds the following, that sexual harassment and assault remain pervasive in the workplace and throughout civic society, affecting millions of Americans. Two, 81% of women and 43% of men have experienced some sort of sexual harassment or assault throughout their lifetime. Three, one in three women have faced, has faced sexual harassment in the workplace during her career. And an estimated 87 to 94% of those who experience sexual harassment never file a formal complaint. The fourth finding, sexual harassment in the workplace forces many women to leave their occupation or industry and pass up opportunities for advancement, killing their career. Or five, in order to combat sexual harassment and assault, it is essential that victims and survivors have the freedom to report and publicly disclose their abuse. And the sixth, oh, actually the seventh findings, the sixth finding says non-disclosure and non-disparagement provisions and agreements between employers and current, former, or prospective employees can perpetuate illegal conduct by silencing those who are survivors of illegal sexual harassment and assault or illegal retaliation, or have knowledge of such conduct while shielding perpetuators and enabling them to continue their abuse. And the seventh finding in this act says that prohibiting non-disclosure and non-disparagement clauses will empower survivors to come forward, to hold perpetu uh, perpetrators accountable and for abuse. It'll improve transparency around illegal conduct, enable the pursuit of justice, and make workplaces safer and more productive for everyone. And so one of the Democratic um, congressional members from uh, Florida, Lo uh, Lois Frankel, who, who you know introduced this bill, she was one of them who introduced this bill. She says the goal of this legislation is really to change the culture in the workplace right now. 
And then she also said it was a one-two punch because it comes, this legislation comes on the heels of another legislation that recently passed that banned mandatory arbitration in sexual harassment and assault cases. Um, and kudos again to Julie Roginski and Gretchen Carlson, uh, our journalism colleagues who, who came forward and they started this movement with this uh, Lift Our Voices, which is an advocacy group working to end forced arbitration NDAs um with you know in terms of sexual uh harassment claims they've been working with the members of congress to help push this legislation through and if you remember uh, carlson and rogan steve they filed lawsuits against roger ailes um back from you know fox news channel the late roger ailes a television executive and media mogul back in 2016 and then 2017 respectively um and they alleged sexual harassment so they um you know they had a reason why they went in there, guns blazing into Congress saying, you know, we really need to do something about it because essentially um, a lot of the, you know, their career was affected, clearly. Mm. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know they championed the bill and um, they, they've got their, their fingerprints all over it. But uh, unfortunately, and, and unless I'm mistaken, that it's not retroactive. So that uh, Gretchen Carlson's, the case against Fox, um, she's she's still not allowed to talk. I mean, that that NDA is still enforced, right? Uh, I believe that 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 is the case. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's that's unfortunate for her. Well, it does obviously seem that the tide is turning, Vivian. Um, and as I mentioned, there are 16 states now that, that have laws on the books um, in varying forms, uh, loosening the the restrictions uh, involved with these NDAs, but. Um, I, I have to point out that I, I saw a statistic that really blew my mind. A third of the American workforce is under some kind of non-disclosure agreement. And, and most of them are in, involving people who have to sign them before they even set foot in the, in the workplace. I, I, that is just incredible. A lot of people you know, are signing these things without realizing what it means. And then you know, if there is a dispute, they're, you know, they're, they're high and dry. But uh, why don't you tell us what's what is happening or what is the trend now, Vivian, in terms of uh, where we stand in this country with these uh, NDAs? And, you know, I'm thinking if you want to start with the, the whole everybody who signed an NDA working for Trump, from what I understand, those NDAs uh, may not be enforced anymore. What What is the status of, of that situation? Well, back on January 13th, a settlement agreement was filed between Jessica Denson, who was a former Hispanic outreach uh, staffer on the Trump campaign back in 2016, and the Trump campaign, because for years she had been fighting to kill her NDA. She argued that it trampled her First Amendment rights, um, and it didn't make sense that at the time that she was under this the, the grips of this NDA, Donald Trump was president and was publicly blasting his critics on Twitter. And she pointed out to the judge that um, there should be no way that this should be allowed to happen. It just doesn't make sense when a political candidate can't be criticized even after he becomes the president of the United States. So that remains to be court approved, um, but it was a huge victory and it actually touched off um, a lot of discussions among lawyers about whether this indeed showed 
that the tide was turning, I spoke to Heidi Revis of Revis Page Jump LLC, which was, by the way, uh, one of the law firms who uh, represented one of Harvey Weinstein's victims um, that touched off actually the New York Times blowing up the story. Um, And Revis said to me that absolutely the Denson decision, the, the judge in that case specifically said her NDA with the Trump campaign was too vague and too burdensome to be enforced. It was also in perpetuity. And it has huge implications for hundreds of other Trump campaign workers to be released from the NDAs that set, that they signed, including volunteers. And Revis said that it sets the bar much higher, possibly in the future, for employers to have to jump over to secure NDAs that they want to be part of any settlement agreements, any severance packages, even onboarding documentation that they make prospective employees sign. But I mean, it's hard to say whether this is a tide. There just does seem to be a steady drumbeat of changes in laws that have already existed on the books in certain states or statutes that are being introduced to expand the laws that are already there. So just to give you an example, in Virginia, There is a sunset clause attached to any NDAs. Um, This is the time limit that Kristen referred to that can be imposed on somebody who signs away the right to speak about um, whatever the settlement agreement says they should stay quiet on. In New York and California, NDAs are allowed if the plaintiff wants one and specifically requests one, and they're still allowed in onboarding contracts for prospective employees, as well as severance agreements. And then there's the Illinois law that actually provides the employee protections against the enforcement of confidentiality agreements if the employee is is engaging in whistleblowing. And the case of Tori Davis, an Amazon worker suing Amazon for what she called a toxic, racist workplace environment, um, Amazon uh, argued that she had signed an NDA when she was onboarded But Illinois' law may actually give her protection because it lists certain criteria that an NDA um, cannot be applied to, including discrimination or harassment in the workplace. So Mm -hmm. one of the most interesting ones is Washington State. They um, passed the Silence No More Act in April 2022. It is a... actually is retroactive and it prohibits any employer from requiring or even requesting that employees keep quiet about illegal harassment, retaliation, discrimination, wages or sexual misconduct, or anything that is deemed against a clear mandate of public policy. So they, in, in the workers in Washington state actually have the ability to talk about these things and it's retroactivity um, does not apply to settlement agreements that contain an NDA clause. So mm-hmm. going forward, um, these NDAs are no longer allowed for these um, specific subject areas, but anything that was already signed beforehand uh, still stands. Um The workers who were onboarded with an NDA before the law took effect are now no longer bound by the contract because now it's considered illegal. 
Um, and then finally, there's California. So California has the Stand Act and the Silence No More Act. And what's interesting is the Stand Act actually um, required that no NDA uh, could be applied in a settlement agreement. It banned the secrecy in settlement ingredient agreements, including any form of discrimination or harassment um, that had to do uh, with being gender-based. But then the Silence No More Act actually expanded that field of, of areas where an NDA could not be applied to any race-based, age-based, um, religion-based discrimination or anything that was defined by another federal law as a protected characteristic. The interesting thing is some lawyers say that the loss of the NDA, especially in California, um, it does not apply to cases that are settled before a plaintiff files something in court or with a government agency. So in the woman, a flight attendant who um, claims sexual harassment from Elon Musk at SpaceX, she yeah. left the company, she got a settlement, it came with an NDA and it still stands in California because she never filed anything in court or with a government agency, like an EEOC claim. But had she done that, had she filed that formally and then decided, oh, I want to settle, she would have lost the one bargaining chip that she had, according to some lawyers, to settle quickly. And yeah. in a way, you know, usually with a monetary settlement that allows her to move on with her life. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. It, it seems like we're heading into a time when NDAs won't be as strong or as enforceable. However, I know that um, a, a lot of women's groups would love to see the day when NDAs are banned altogether. And yet, Vivian, I know that a lot of attorneys say that's not such a good idea to lose uh, NDAs. And what can you can you <laughs> elaborate on that one? Because, you know, to me, NDAs just have a lot of downsides. I, I don't see the upsides on them. Yeah, well, one employment lawyer um, who did not want to be named uh, that I spoke with said, in any claim that a plaintiff makes against a defendant, a defendant for workplace harassment, discrimination, um, the only thing really that they can get to make that plaintiff's life better is money. And there there does seem to be um, some concern that all this talk uh, about killing the NDA is well-intentioned, but may not actually serve the plaintiff in the end um, to the best possible degree, because the other side just won't have any incentive to settle in a meaningful way. And by meaning, you know, it, it goes without saying that a lot of people don't want to take their cases all the way to court. A settlement really is in so many cases, the best way for them to move on with their lives. But if they don't have the promise of confidentiality, um, there, there's no incentive for the other side to really come forward. Um, What's their leverage? Yeah. Well, Kristen, I think you you see the other side of, of that debate, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I actually was curious about this. So I spoke with Julie Roginski because we had had a conversation on her podcast and we were talking about NDAs, and they actually did a qualitative study uh, with the National Employment Lawyers Association in New Jersey, members of that. And those who responded unanimously said it had no impact on either the settlement amount or the amount of time it took to settle. So I think the argument to the other side 
is, you know, listen, lawyers want to settle these cases quickly, right? So they just say, sign the NDA, be quiet. That's it. That's how it's done. Instead of really thinking about let's, let's change the way this is done. And yes, NDAs, fine. Trade secrets, all that stuff, completely fine. But not for toxic behavior, not for sexual assault, not for sexual harassment. Enough's enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can see both sides of this one. Uh, yeah, because, it, you know, without, if, if you choose not to sign an NDA, I know that um, the, the, the wheels of justice grind oh so slowly. And so a lot of women can't afford to wait that long to get into a courtroom and, and uh, try their cases uh, before a judge or a jury. So, you know, I, I, I see why people would would want to hasten the whole process and sign that uh, NDA and be done with it. But, you know, you, you make sacrifices in, in, in other ways. And, and when you're shut up like that, it does tend to fester. It, it can be a real problem. Guys, but we, Roma, this study showed that it doesn't change the settlement time. So, yeah. you know, it might, it might not really be as big of an issue as we think, or as is alleged. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I just, uh, what leverage does, do women have then, or do, do the complainants have then? You know what I mean? I, I, that's what I'm, I'm sure that's what the lawyers would argue. Um, but go, go ahead, Viv. That, um, you know, I asked Heidi Revis what she thought of, you know, what, what do you say to somebody who calls you up and says, I have an NDA, it's in perpetuity, uh, there's no sunset clause, but you know, I feel like the time is right to like start, I don't know, going on social media or talking to the press. And she said, I would have two words for that person, Amber Heard. And she said, it, it, not only do you stand to be exposed and you know be forced to disgorge or give back uh, whatever you won in a settlement agreement monetarily, but you you also face a possible lawsuit. And mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, I know the Amber Heard case with Johnny Depp was um, extremely controversial, especially for how social media played into, um, uh, you know, how each side was depicted and supported or um, or disparaged. But she said it was a big uh, it was a big example of how you can't unring the bell once you ring it. Yeah, there's a price to be paid. Across the board. All right. We, we have to <laughs> close out the, this episode. And you know what, uh, Kristen, you and I were talking earlier. You, you, you can't do justice to this, so to speak, in one episode. I think yeah. uh, we're going to have to. You know what? We hope people will react to this and then we can get their their reactions. Um, I put out a call to an assemblyman in New York to get the, the status of what's happening in in New York State you know, specifically, but um, I'm waiting to hear back. So hopefully we'll have some updates a little bit uh, later on in future episodes. But as I always do, we end uh, with a quote, and this quote comes from Dr. Martin Luther King. And it goes like this, the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. And to, that's what NDAs do. They silence the good people and hopefully that will change. So thanks guys. Great, great discussion, but uh, more to come. And uh, thanks all for listening and watching and we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Five of Us. We want to hear from you with any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future discussions. Just write to us at the email you see here and we will be eager to help. Talk to you next time.